Welcome to the Songs Garage podcast. Today, we have a really special guest. We have Donkey Kong himself. We have got <laughs> Lucas Black Come on, man. in the house. It's the Drip King. It's the Drip King. How are you doing oh, today? Oh, man. That's one of the most uh, quoted lines of Tokyo Drift. People <laughs> ask me all the time, what's DK stand for? Donkey Kong? <laughs> you know, it's the Drift King now, though. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one. I like that. Do you put it? Is that I? Because if I was called a drifter, I'd definitely have that on the top of every resume. I'd get yeah. every job. Just Alex yes. Drift King Harrington. That's it. That's it. <laughs> exactly. So how's things going with you? I mean, uh, oh man, it's going great. I think pre- things are looking pretty good, huh? Yeah, enjoying life. You know, uh, getting to spend a lot of time with my kids. I have uh, three three young ones nine seven and six so uh been playing golf with them and at the outdoors spending time out outdoors with them and my lovely wife so but uh looking forward to this summer fast nine finally coming out uh it's been a long wait for the fans and and everyone's excited and um super excited because uh song and i get to reunite we got to reminisce about our Tokyo Drift days, so it was it was awesome. Yeah, sure it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful reunion. When I got to see uh, Lucas in London for the first time, it was dude, it was you know I was a little nervous to you know because it's been so many years since we've seen each other, but you know it was it was cool to give each other hugs, you know, and then on camera like you know you know it was. Yeah, it was a it was a beautiful scene, guys. I mean, I I had a great time, and Lucas did a wonderful job. So he's such a great yeah. actor. Um, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, wonderful, yeah, you, wonderful. That was uh, yeah. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but the scene, um, you know, where where we finally see each other, you know, um, was it was special. Was a special moment there. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it turned out well. And then, but I just enjoyed. Uh, behind the scenes, you, you know, we got to chat about where we are in our lives now, and and uh, that was cool to see how, because um, Tokyo Drift was so long ago, you know, it was like what, um, almost fourteen 15, years ago, right? Yeah, it's fifteen years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were so or, young. You were so young. Right. I remember when I saw when I saw uh, Lucas. Uh, again in London, Alex came up to me and he was like, "Hey, you remember that book you told me about, Rich Dad Poor Dad? I don't know if Alex, you've ever read it, but you should read it." Oh, see, Lucas, like we're 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 we're, we're campaigning for that book because that upset your future for you, your wife, and your family. It's about real yeah. estate, right? Like, okay, okay, Rich yeah. Dad Poor Dad. I'll uh, I'll list yeah. it. I'll list it down. Yeah. Yeah, but Lucas was like, "Hey, remember you told me about that book? I should have listened to you back then." But I was, I, I was more into video games. I was into video That's games, right? right? I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Well, you were young, you know? How, how old were you? How old were you when you did that movie? Like 21, 20? 20, Let's say twenty-three, twenty-four. Yep, twenty-three, baby, a baby. Right. baby, you know. And you were you yeah. were giving me words of wisdom, and it and it took. Uh, it took many years of me learning the lesson the hard way, making mistakes before I finally, uh, finally, you know, seeked your advice and wisdom and and uh, and did a little reading on on how to invest my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you're all grown up. Just, 
Now, yeah, you're right. all grown up. Yeah, you're sitting in the library. Just like, like a, what? Hey, <laughs> hey, just like uh, just like in the movie, right? Han takes Sean under his wing. Come here, let me let me teach you a little bit about life. Yeah, but not for cars. Not not about cars. About real estate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sunk yeah. estate agency. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, going to, waiting on uh, your I mean, book. Waiting on your book to come out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Han's Guide to 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 a rich, fast, and furious life. That's it. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Start That's with right. one bedroom condo. One bedroom condo. Start with that. Yes. Yes. Got to start small. Got to start from the bottom. Yep. So yeah. I mean, you guys kind of, you know, Tokyo Drift was such. It was a weird film, wasn't it? Because it was. It wasn't meant to be popular. It was so. Um, you know, it was a little kind of almost independent thing. And no one really expected it to blow up like it did. And now you're back in Fast Nine, and you know box office in in China alone reached 162 million dollars. How does that feel to be part of this saga and part of this family that is so successful and so far-reaching? Man. I'm I'm blown away, you know. It's just uh, <laughs> it's hard to fathom. Um, just you know, it's incredible how the fans have latched on to the Fast Family, and um, I'm just I'm just glad to be back. And um, I think you know a lot of my fans, especially, were wondering if there was going to be a, a reunion. You know that we was that all the cast were going to join together and and um, get back in the storyline of Fast 9. So, you know, I think it's what a lot of fans wanted. And so for that to happen in Fast 9 is just is just uh, pretty special. And uh, I think we're seeing some of the results from it, you know, already. And so, uh, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how people respond when it opens up uh, in the rest of the world. And, uh, you know, I'm just – I'm just kind of in awe, you know, that that it's already exploded the way it has, and and just to be a, just to be a part of it, and and uh, you know to have have Han and 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 Sean reunite again in Fast Nine was was a cool scene, and you know Justin Lin was was uh, we were kind of just reminiscing, and and um, you know it was just a good feeling because it all started with with. Uh, you know, Tokyo Drift, Justin Lin and our characters. And so to have it all come together in Fast 9 was was pretty special for us. Yeah. Sure was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, aside from the box office, you know, when you, you know I, I know there, it's show business, so there's a, you know, a business behind it. But, you know, it, it, it does give you a sense of validation to a degree that at the end of the day, the fans out there, you know, are responding, you know, and look, you know, it's not, you know, this is, this is a fun, you know, popcorn movie, you know, for you to just forget and just enjoy and get back into the theater, the whole theater experience. It's designed for a movie theater. It's not designed for, you know, home, you know, home TV and stuff. I mean, it's still nice, but then it's a shared experience. So, you know, it's nice. It's just, just 
just the fact that people are out in theaters and that equates to a box office number. That's just for me, it's like, wow, what a relief. People are actually going out there and they need to experience things together. And we just get to be one of those things that contribute to shared experiences, like reopening, like laughing together, going on this adventure. I guarantee, you know, if you're a fast fan, you are going to be so full. Like you're going to, this is a fast and furious buffet. Like a, you know, there's a, yeah, it's like, and you'll, you'll, you get a taste of every single item in the buffet line that's fast and furious, right? So, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that, people need at the moment is the confidence and the reason to go out because people have been they're you know they're almost frightened of going out i can understand that going out into what could be dangerous i don't know i'm not a scientist i have no idea but because the fast and furious was so it's such a part of people's lives people have grown up with it you know i've i've grown up with it and a load of my friends have grown up with it and when it's in the cinemas it's just enticing and you see the, you know, you see the the trailers, and there was this incredible trailer where, where Vin Diesel's just talking to the camera and saying, "This is the movies." You go, Damn, yeah, it is. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, what was it like? Because I think the story all started with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel, and they were like the OG characters, and then Tokyo Drift took like this crazy turn where we don't you know we get like a new kind of driving a new kind of racing new characters and then four five six happened and it's almost like you guys became the new ogs what was it like to get the whole band back together and you know just please all the fans going yeah that's that's who i knew as a child or you know whatever what was it like was it good to see friendly faces again you know um you know, Tokyo Tokyo Drift was was a special movie in the sense of, um, you know, for me, I, you know, it stood out uh, not only because of the uh, of the racing, but with the different characters and you know, a Han character was is so loved, and um, you know, and so that that was that was cool to have that uh, into the franchise, you know, and then. Um, just to be able to reunite back in Fast Nine was just uh, was just special special to me because you know everybody kept asking, you know, uh, what's what's the storyline or what are they doing with your character? And I didn't really have an answer for them, uh, you know. So uh, you know, so just to be back, um, you know, the 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 way they wrote the scripts, everything after Tokyo Drift was prequels. And, um, you know, when I read Fast 9, I was I was impressed with the script, you know, and I think even Sung said it's kind of a twist of, uh, of, of a Cain and Abel story, you know, but then um, also our characters come, you know, Han's character comes back. And how are they going to, how are they going to, you know, make that realistic, you know, and so you know, it was all about saving, saving Dom and protecting him. Uh, I don't want to ruin the story, but that, that was pretty unique. I thought, man, this is, it was a well, well-written script. And, uh, so that got me excited, excited about it. Cause, um, you know, it, it wasn't just some, uh, cheesy, 
a storyline where they just like, oh, it was a dream or it didn't have, they just put put our characters <laughs> back in there, you know? Yeah. And that, that was a concern for me because when I got to Scott, I was like, Justin, you know, what's the plan, you know, for, for my character, you know, because uh, I just didn't want to be stuck in there like, oh, Sean reappears, you know? There mm-hmm. had to be some some valid reason for me to be part of the team, part contributing to the fast you know, family that we've, we've all created with these characters. And uh, so that, that was special in the sense of uh, the storyline for me. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice that uh, characters from, you know, and a kind of like, you know, I guess it would be like a, a, a branch of the fast, you know, verse, you know, Tokyo Drift, those characters can be reintroduced and you don't have to explain who they are. Like, you know, you realize the fast fans already have been on this journey and they're welcoming these characters back like the Marvel universe and the star Wars universe. Like it's how cool is it that, you know, the superpower is like knowing how to like wrench on cars. That's pretty much all we really know how to do. I mean, now, now we can like, you know, we're invincible. We're bulletproof. We can fly and go to space and all of that. But anyway, but you know, it's just regular Joe's that, you know, you know, know how to like, you know, like do a, a, a RB26 swap, but then we're out there saving the universe. And, but the cool thing is that the fans know us, you know, they welcome us. It's like, like, oh man, it's, you know, I, I remember them 15 years ago. I, I was, I was three when that movie came out. I watched it. I know those guys like, look at, you know, it's Twinkie. Look at, you know, it, it, it's Sean, Han is there. It's like everyone is back. It's, it's that, that is the crazy thing where, where we're in shit to, you know, I was shooting Tokyo Drift. Han died. So I thought that was it. I was like, all right, this was great, great experience and see you later. Right. But the fact that, you know, when we're on set together, you know, and all the characters from Tokyo Drift are uniting with the rest of the fast universe characters at that picnic table that symbolizes family, you know, you know, sharing, breaking bread together and, you know, praying and, you know, being one, right? And and the characters from all of the, the you know, the, the different Fast movies from the franchise are there. And how beautiful is that? Like a beautiful symbol, man, you know? So, yes. you know, art's imitating life there. And it's like, you know, cool because aside from, you know, being in front of the camera, that's, we're breaking bread, you know, and reminiscing, yes. and catching up right and that was pretty cool dude that's the fact that that is something that the fan base and the fast universe allowed us to be a part of come on special yeah it wasn't us you know we get to be a part of it but it's the fans going yeah man i want that you know i i'm down with that and so we get to exist and continue and play you know and who knows man you know there might be some more adventures for the tokyo drift crew right you know yeah. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see a spinoff. Do you, do you fancy yeah. a spinoff? I do. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be sweet. Yeah. Nice. I'd love that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Go back that'd to some good. drifting. You know. Yeah. Go back to that's some right. raw drifting, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Raw yeah, drifting. Yeah, that's that's what I liked about Tokyo Drift too. It was it was, you know, unique because of the drifting, but it's like a real racing movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it was a, a genuine, real feeling to it. You know, it was it was believable. Um, 
because of that, because of those races and, and, and the car scene. So, um, that was, that was awesome. People yeah. love the, the, the match, the pairing of the cars to the characters, you know, like the Monte Carlo that you drove at the beginning of the fast, you know, Tokyo drift, it fit Sean's character so well, you know, yes. it's like, yeah. it's not, it's American, like true American, like muscle, but kind of the underdog car, you know, it's not known mm -hmm. to be a, a muscle car, but then under the hood, you know, Hey, no yeah. nonsense. Right. No, it's, it's not, it's no, it's not, there's no show. It's all go. Right. And then, yes. you know, what a, just, Simple, simple, beautiful story arc within that race, right? It's mm -hmm. beautiful, you know, and yeah. very relatable. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, you know. So. Well, that's what's cool about, I think, Sean's, you know, my character in Tokyo Drill. You know, there's a difference, right, between uh, Sean in America mm -hmm. and then when Sean went to Japan and met Han and he learned that a different technique of driving is more about feel. You got to keep your emotions calm. You know, Han has this calming spirit, this way of life about him that's gentle and relaxed and, you know, taking what com comes and not um, getting caught up in the chaos and busyness of life, doing what he loves. And Sean had to learn that because in America, you know, he was all about, you know, the American muscle revving up on emotions, wanting to race everybody, didn't care. Uh, you know, everybody get out of my way. I'm going to fix up my car how I want and beat all y'all, you know. And so it was, it's pretty cool to have, you know, uh, Sean's character, what he had to learn, you know, when he, when he was in America and then Tokyo Drift. And it, it was, it's like two different characters. Mm -hmm. And, um, mm -hmm. and now, Hopefully, hopefully we get a sense of in Fast Nine what he has learned, how he's matured, and then reuniting with Han. Uh, hopefully, for me, I want that to come across uh, to all the fans out there. You know. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. I mean, at the end of Tokyo Drift, you know, you ended up with that gorgeous classic Mustang, but with the Japanese engine in it. There was already a reflection of that that change of, um, of character, that yeah. character progression. That was a badass car. I liked that thing. <laughs> how much, um, no, how much influence sweet. did you have over the cars that you drove, like your hero cars? Did you have any like creative influence over them? Uh, no, I didn't. No, that was all done, uh, you know, with the producers and, and I'm sure Justin Lin. But, um, you know, when they put the Skyline in the Mustang, you know, I think that was symbolic, <laughs> you know, of, of Sean's character for sure. And uh, I was so excited because, because uh, you know, they taught me how to drift. And I remember telling Justin, like, hey, because they did most of the drifting on, you know, with the stunts on second unit. And I was telling yeah. Justin, like, hey, man, I know how to drift. Let me drift, you know, <laughs> let me drift in front of the camera. And he was like, no, nah, we can't do it. We can't do it. And so one day we're, we are, um, filming in downtown LA at Han's garage, you know, it's your, the scene, the scene where, uh, you know, all the garage scenes were shot, filmed in downtown LA. Well, there was this parking lot where they park a bunch of 18 wheelers. Well, I got, I'm like, Justin, come with me. He's like, where are we going? So we get in, I think it was the Nissan Z, the kids were in it, 
we get in the Nissan Z, I take him to this parking lot and start drifting. And Justin's in the car and he's like, what are you doing? So we're drifting around and I'm like, I wanted to show you, I know how to drift. And so he's like, man, he's like, okay, okay. I know you want to drift in front of the camera. You want to do it, not the stunt double. So he's like, if there's an opportunity, I'll let you know. And I'm like, all right, yes, yes, yes. So when we're putting the skyline in the Mustang, and we're practicing, right? We're tw- we're tuning it up, you know, uh, Twinkie and I, and, and uh, we're all tw- tuning it up, trying to get ready for this race. Justin comes up to me. There, I'm following this car. This, you know, the camera is on a crane on this car, and he comes up oh. to me and he goes, "Lucas, now's your now's your opportunity." And I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to keep my composure. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm like, yes, finally I get to show off my drifting skills. But that car is hard to drift because it's so yeah. long and yeah. heavy in the back end. So there, so there was one time where I'm, I'm trying to drift and I slide and I kind of slide into the mountain. Well, that made the movie. And then later <laughs> on when I – yeah. Yep. And so then later on at the, uh, after we finish tuning the car in the scene, I get to do a little drift there at the end and I got to do it. So I was like, finally, I got to show off my skill and it made, it made the picture show, man. I was excited. That's so good. The uh, 300Z is much easier to drift. Remember we went to Irwindale and they let us drift all the cars. That one was, oh, I think, the easiest one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's impressive. You, um, impressive. You did your own stunts. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. That was you. I got to do some. <laughs> I got That's to awesome. do some. That's awesome. But uh, real life yeah, so king. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like you said, they taught us how to drift Irwindale Speedway. So I'm 23 years old, right? And I'm getting to go out here. With a car, I don't own these cars. I'm getting in the 300Z, like you said. I'm getting in the Evo that they've, they've uh, you know, <laughs> modified to rear-wheel drive. Burning the highest octane fuel, right, jet fuel. And then the Toyo tires, I'm talking about just burning them down to the to the steel. And at the end of and, – and right, look, because – we can't do that out here on in our in our natural lives, right? Our normal lives, yeah. everyday lives, yeah. because it's against the law. And then at the end of the day, they gave me a paycheck to do it. Yeah. Imagine that! Imagine that! At a 20, 24 year old, I got to I got to learn how to drill, and just they paid me to do it. I couldn't believe it. I was like, That's "This awesome. is not this is not real." Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was like a dream come true. You know, it's like yes. going to the amusement park. I remember I crashed the Viper. I think I crashed the Viper. The Viper was that's a hard part to drift, and I crashed it, it in the wall in Irwindale. It is. And I was panicking. I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna have to pay for this or something." Like yeah. I'm gonna get fired. Yeah. The guy came up to me and I go, "I'm sorry," and he goes, "It's not my car." <laughs> and I'm like, "Huh?" And he goes, "Yeah, man. There's a whole bunch of them." Just like, hey, that's the whole point. Like, who, who cares? And he's like, there's more. And I was like, cool. And then we just kept going. 
Christ, are you another set of keys? Wow. How do I get in on this? Oh, <laughs> I feel like I've been missing out. This is ridiculous. Yeah. See that moment oh, where I was like, I was in the wall and the guy comes up. I was like, oh man, I'm in trouble. And I take off my helmet. And I'm like, <laughs> oh man. I'm like, I'm sorry. And he goes, you okay? I go, I'm okay. I go, dude, yeah. I'm so sorry. And he goes, I don't care. It's not my car. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, awesome. Let's go. Yeah. The picture car guys were incredible. You you had one on your podcast, right? Who who did you just have on? It was Dennis. Oh, okay. Well, Dennis McCarthy. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis. And so uh I drove one of my one of my favorite memories is I got in that we were at Universal Studio and I got in that Dodge Viper and they were filming uh and I would drive it and backstage lot and try to drift that thing, you know, because it was a V twelve. I mean it was a beast. And uh, so Desperate Housewives were filming at Universal <laughs> Studios. And they had, they had their base camp, like, right there at backstage. And I would go through their base camp. I'm talking about ripping it, just burning. I would stomp it. Ah! <laughs> all, those, all those actresses coming out like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> uh. Oh man, I love it. Yeah. I got I got in too much trouble. I got in so much trouble in that movie, man. Oh, I remember I remember just coming back like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that. Well, you, were, you, you, you had a hall pass because you were twenty four. Like, what could you do? Like, no one could really be upset. I remember. Yeah. I remember we, you know, during lunch, we'd be looking for. We're, we're getting ready to shoot again, and Lucas is gone. And you just hear the car like drifting and you know behind the sound station everyone's just going where did he go again he's like he's drifting he's drifting he's drifting he just took off he's just gone he's like and they're like he had but you know because they were worried he was going to get hurt and then we have no movie right but then he would make yeah. it back it was but you know you yeah. just kind of at that time you just kind of you know you just you just you just let him do that <laughs> you gotta do it you gotta do it like a kid oh, that man. needs to run around. I was, I was a punk kid, man. <laughs> appreciate you, appreciate you being patient with me, son. Hey, oh, no. You taught me a lot. Not a, not only not only in uh, you know in front of the camera, but also off the camera. So appreciate it, man. Of course, yeah, yeah. Do you watch Formula Drift? Oh, uh, so, I don't actually. I don't. You'd like it. I'm gonna try and hook you up with um, a drifter. Cause that would oh, be yeah. amazing. <laughs> I want to wow. see this. I want to wow. see this some serious drifting. That'd be amazing. Dude, Let's people would, the, these drifters would love you, you know, cause it's yeah, yeah. since, since we, we, since we started shooting Tokyo drift, drift, you know, drifting has become so global, you know? And then at one time it was, you know, you had to have a lot of money to do it. Right. And, you know, what's cool is like, you know, you'll go to like North Carolina or Georgia or Kentucky and you'll see dude out there like working on a Nissan, right? And that's his drift car or a Mustang or something. But then, you know, he spent time in Japan and he uses, he always talks about Tokyo Drift, man, you know, because he sees himself in you like an outsider because he was in the military. And when he was in Tokyo, he was like, no, I want to participate in the car culture, but, you know, will they let me? Will they let a guy gin? And then they're like, they see Tokyo Drift and they're like, I'm, I'm Sean. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm Sean Boswell. So, I mean, they actually tell me these stories because they were probably like, you know, 
you know, 13 when the movie came out and, you know, after high school, they go to the military and they go to yeah. Japan or something. So in their head, awesome. they love Japanese cars and Tokyo Drift was their, I guess, you know, their, their inspiration or their confidence, right? That I can too dream. also do something like that, right? So, Man, that's dude, awesome. the, yeah, so the, the, the amount of drifters, it's so diverse now, man. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, you're like, where are you from? And they're like, I'm from Kentucky. You go, you guys drift in Kentucky? They're like, yeah, because we love Tokyo Drift. Boom, <laughs> right? And you're all, dang, drop the mic, man. Like, amazing. That's awesome. You know? that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Yep. Mm. What do you drive in real life, Lucas? I drive a, uh, a pickup truck. And the reason I drive a pickup truck is because I don't want to be tempted to try to do it <laughs> out there on the road because i know my weakness i know my yeah. weakness and if i had if i had a car that i could drift in yeah oh it would not be good my my <laughs> wife would be upset at me all the time she's be like we got kids you putting yourself in danger and i would probably uh, have a run-in with the law or two so <laughs> i can't i can't be tempted to drift you know yeah, yeah. Have you seen yep. Sung's Grand National? That car is is gorgeous. That Grand National. Which one is it? The Grand National. Yeah, the black, yeah. the black Grand National. Yeah. Sung, the Sung yeah. owns. Oh, oh buddy. And nice. I, I name all my cars, so that that one is buddy, uh, buddy. I buddy. Think I saw I, I saw it on your Instagram uh, the other day yeah. on your live. Yeah. That was yeah. Sick. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful car. Loved. It's you know. Buick mechanic worked on it and sold life. And then he was auditioning people to, you know, buy the car, right? Like he, yeah. not anybody could just buy it because the price was too good. And so he wanted somebody that would like be a caretaker. And dude, it's like cool because, you know, it's not about the money. I was like, man, he's really selling this for cheap. I could just sell it tomorrow for probably double the money, right? If that's who I was. But then you see a guy who, you know, put has so much of his life wrapped around the history of a car and he wants to maintain it or have someone that can maintain it and has the time and the resources to maintain it and and appreciate it the way he appreciated it and it was like an honor like to be you know that a car to be passed you know down to you you know from an older gentleman and just to be able to share that dude and it's crazy so he's a buick mechanic for life right and then before we retired he was like the uh, GTR mechanic for the Bay Area of Southern California. So he touched like every new GTR that came into like, you know, that area. So he went from Grand Nationals to GTRs. Like crazy, right? Like, right? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. That is. Great story. Yeah. Great story. Yeah. And because of, you know, fast Tokyo Drift, dude, like, you know, people like invite me into their garage Lucas you know and they feel like they grew up with us man you know I don't know how do you feel like how has it transformed the way you kind of you know your perspective and in, in the shoes that you walk with when people you know love you so much where they feel like they know you like you're a brother right you know that's yeah. how I feel you know, that's what Tokyo Drift has done for me how about you yeah you know it's uh it's kind of it's kind of unique that when people see us on a screen, you know they they feel like they know us a little bit. And um, but I love it when people feel comfortable, you know, and can come up and 
and uh, just talk or chat and just tell me, you know, that they, um, they love my work and appreciate my work. And, um, you know, I, I like that. You know, I would rather that than someone feel like, oh, well, he get, you know, he's bothered or he, he gets by, he gets talked to all the time that people come up to him. So, um, so I like it when people feel like, you know, they know me a little bit or they're comfortable to come up and, uh, and talk to me. But yeah, I've the same way, man, I've been invited into some uh, people's garages and just to look at their, look at their cars and what they, what they have and what they own. And that's, that's awesome. That's special, you know, and they, they love uh, Tokyo drill. And, um, you know, it's like you said, some of those guys that has the vintage cars, right. They, they have so many memories of either their childhood growing up and they they've kept this car, they preserved this car and put work into it, worked on it themselves. And uh, so there's a lot of love there. So when they, if they sell them, you know, they, they do want somebody that's like going to cherish it like they do, you know, they'll ask basically your background story. So that's pretty cool that you were able to have that experience um, yeah. with the previous owner of your car and, and uh, you know, and he trusts you, you, you know, you should feel honored that he trusts you to, to uh, take care of it and preserve it and, and, and keep it alive and well, you know, because yeah. it takes that, as you know, with old cars, you can't, you can't let them go or they're, they're going to go downhill. You got to keep, you got to keep them up, you know? That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If, uh, if you, before you filmed Tokyo Drift, if you were asked, what cars you want your characters you would want your characters to drive what would you choose well like song said before i love that that monte carlo i mean that yeah. that thing was a beast and uh you know it had a 500 big block engine and uh you know growing growing up in alabama uh it wasn't like i was a huge nascar fan but i watched i watched nascar and so um to have that car that was that was pretty much like a nas you know nascar racing car i mean it had it had a slap uh shift on it gear shift had slicks on the back and i remember getting in that car i would take the uh filter off the carburetor and just let it roar just open it up because <laughs> it was so loud and and um we were filming that scene and a subdivision that was being, you know, built. So every, uh, the, all the houses were rough framed. And so the vibration, I mean, you could just hear, you know, and feel the vibration off that car would, you know, it would make those two by fours just rumble. And so I remember looking at everybody as I was driving through and I would have that thing spinning in third gear going about 60 miles an hour <laughs> with those slicks. And so, that car, it just gets your adrenaline so jacked up. I mean, it, you know, it's hard to describe uh, that feeling. And so um, that that was kind of a surprise. And I remember too, Dennis, when we went to Irwindale Speedway, they had they had one of those out there, and uh, it didn't even have the five hundred in it. It had, uh, I think it just, I think it may have had a three fifty in it. And I asked him, I said, can I drive this around the track? And he was like, sure, go ahead, go ahead. And uh, and so when I got in it, 
I didn't hold back. I let her have it. And uh, I see him. I see him. Dennis is like this. When I come around the curb, I come around. He's like, hey, hey. I come in. He's like, hey, hey, this car is not tuned up yet, man. You can't be driving it like that around those curves. I mean, because I'm hugging those curves. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You know, but uh, so definitely I think that uh, 68, it was a 68 Monte Carlo. So, uh, you know, that one for Sean, I think, fit perfect for his character in America. You know, and, and, it, and it's one of those cars that's easy to work on. He's a mechanic, likes to work on them, tune them up and build it. So um, that was, that's the one, man. That's the one for Sean uh, uh, in America. And, uh, you know, uh, Son's character, Han gives me the Evo in Tokyo. And that, um, you know, that's, that's like I said, that's the other side that Sean had to learn. And uh, that car, too, you know, he made it his own. And um, it was so easy to maneuver. Like, after, once I learned how to drift, that one, to me, was the easiest to drift. Like, when I got in it, it was, like, automatic. And so I just felt uh, at home in that car, felt comfortable. And um, that, was, that was a cool experience. And so, you know, I love both of those. Um, and so I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. That Evo was originally a four-wheel, all-wheel drive car. I think they had to convert it to yeah. Yep. real wheel for, for those things, yep. right? So hmm. yep. that was, I didn't know that was an easy one to drift. I thought that one would be the hardest. Huh. Yeah, I not thought it would be hard. Not for me. Hard as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah wow. it was so well balanced. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it was after they converted it to rear wheel, um, it was just easy and would stay in a drift long and it would, it doesn't want to, uh, spin out, you know, when the back mm -hmm. end's heavy, you know, you're going to have to, you know, um, fluctuate the gas pedal, you know, uh, just, yeah. I forget the technical term for it, it's feathered. but you know, as soon as yeah, feather, as soon as you, you know, get it into the drift, you got to back off if the back end is heavy on your car because you're going to spin out. Right. And that Evo didn't want to do that. You could get it into the drift, back off a little bit and still hammer it because it would counter steer and stay in that drift longer and easier than, than the rest of them. So what about you, son? What about me? What car do you think, uh, Han? Do you think, well, do you think he had the, the right choice of car? It was a, yeah. what was it? It was a beautiful RX-7, wasn't it? With the, with the Velsa yeah. body kit. Again, yeah, another maybe. iconic yeah yeah it was you know i ha actually had that car i had a 93 fd r87 yeah it was red with it was a touring package and mm. i had it right at, uh my parents bought it for me when i was you know when i decided to pursue acting because it they didn't want me to go be an actor they said you should go be a lawyer here's the car and i was like oh that's really nice but i can't afford to pay for it like i can't afford i can they paid for it and then i can't afford the insurance or the upkeep so i put it in storage literally i put it in storage like i couldn't afford that car and then i sold it my current wife told me to sell the car back then pre-internet on auto trader and actually in a like a paper and buy a house that's when the 
See, Lucas, right? There you go. It's all, it's all now, coming you know where, in. now you know where the real knowledge is coming from. Eventually, it's the wife. I got the info, right? So she's like, why is that car in storage? You're wasting money on that. You're paying whatever you're paying for storage and you can't afford it. Like, what are you doing? Like, sell it and we're going to buy a house. I'm like, are you crazy? Like, are you crazy? I have like 10 jobs and I have, I barely make any money and I'm trying to be an actor. There's no way. So we sold it in a day. It sold it, in a day. It sold. So then I bought my first house. That was the down payment for my first house. Like I used that, oh, yeah. the FD, the FD bought my first house. Anyway, wow. So serendipity, we're in Tokyo Drift, and that FD is picked for Han. And you know, I I, I liked it, but then that veil side body kit for me, I wasn't used to you know, body kits. I didn't understand it. Like I like, I like all natural. I like my women just to be blessed by nature and just like, you know, I don't need extra. I don't need anything extra. That's artificial. You know what I mean? That's right. Right. Yeah. And some of these cars, there's a lot of artificialness, like too much. So I didn't, I didn't understand it, but then, you know, after a few years, that car just became, I think the color pattern, the orange and black, and then that veil side kit, it represented, I think, a part of the car community that needed to have spotlight, needed to have a like a spokes car or an ambassador, right? And, and it did a great job. It was loud, you know, it's like body kit, it's obnoxious, it's crazy, unreliable FD, right? Rotary is just like the worst, but, yep. you know, you know, just beautiful representation, beautiful ambassador for that JDM like community at the time, right? And, um, and I got to you know be a student and learn about that car even more because I never really got to enjoy it, right? And the fact that, like Lucas said, like you know it was universal paying for me to wreck it. So uh, you know I got to enjoy and you know and just like you know really be able to be a student of how that car was built and how the drifters, the, you know our stunt doubles, the actual drivers that you know, drove for me because I didn't do any of my stunts um in uh tokyo drift like lucas I, I didn't get that opportunity but the guys who did you know they modified the car so it would be able to be you know to to, to be able to do all those stunts so you know it was like the seed the, the beginning of that education of what is drifting why do you have to modify it whatever you know what's the e-brake for why is it all you know how it's it's you know, it's a it's a different utilization of all the different components of the car you know like you want to be out of control to be in control, right? So, you know, and, and, you know, it's like kind of retraining your brain. So it was, it was really cool. And I think it, it fits on. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Alex? You think the, I think it does. Do you want to know something really cool about that RX-7? The same orange that they painted that RX-7, I found the, the color code and we use that orange as the accent color on your site. It's that exact. Oh yeah. Orange. Yeah. Really that cool. is, th- that's a color code that you can get from House of Color. And I, I don't think it's called Sunset Orange, but it's a, a specific name because, mm-hmm. you know, my mentor who, you know, builds and works on the, you know, disease and the five tens. When I met him, I said, you know, what's that orange is interesting. And it just happened that he picked the same orange from the Tokyo Drift FD before we met each other. And we, you know, <laughs> it had nothing to do with Tokyo Drift. He just loved that orange. And so he taught me about what company makes that and our 
the, the pin code that you know that we used for uh, you know Dennis used for the Tokyo Drift car, the FD, is from House of Color. Same same exact pin, right? Same. Mm -hmm. It's a good looking yeah. car. Really good looking yeah. car. I think yeah. it. I think it fit hard. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, there's something like we've said before on these podcasts. All these cars had like a branding, didn't they? And they just paired up with the characters, and you can't have one yeah. without the other. Yeah, it's nice we got some. It's nice we got cool cars because Twinkie yeah. got that Hulk fan. <laughs> the Hulk thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's gonna age well. I don't know about you guys, but I, that's not. I know. I don't know. It didn't <laughs> you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Do you know where that car yeah. came from? Where did it actually belong to someone or was it just built for the film? I don't know. Do you know Lucas? Did I don't, Dennis build I don't that know. Car? Yeah, I think it was. If it actually belonged to someone. <laughs> yep. It's funny yeah. that Universal would use a Marvel Disney, you know, <laughs> character. Right? Funny, huh? To make the whole thing feel. Yeah. It is. Last did it first then. Yeah. <laughs> So, going back to, to Tokyo Drift, um, you were uh, with Justin Lin in Tokyo Drift, and then Lucas, you came back for a short cameo in Furious 7, but then how did you come back in, in Fast 9? It had been so long since you've, uh, you've been this character. How did you prepare yourself and put you back into the mind of that character? Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good question, and that's, uh, that was one of the things I was concerned about and uh, wanted to, I was so thankful Justin called me before uh, Fast 9 because I wanted to ask him, you know, what do, what do we want Sean to look like? And, uh, you know, and his demeanor, you know, because, you know, I've, I've aged and it's been so long ago since uh, Tokyo Drift. So, um, so it was kind of what I was talking about earlier. We wanted that, that um, maturity that Han tried to, you know, teach Sean and just a different way of life, um, you know, but still um, have his own identity in his love for building cars uh, because my character builds, builds a car in, um, in Fast 9 that is, uh, that is pivotal, pivotal to the, um, the storyline. But okay. um, so we wanted – so we wanted – we talked about – you know, still having that love like Sean, Sean did back in America, building his own cars, uh, but also having that maturity of life and, um, and just that way about him that Han taught him in Tokyo mm -hmm. Drift. So, um, so, yeah, that's a good question, you know, and I think just talking to Justin Lynn about it and, um, and, and seeing how, my character was going to fit in uh, with the Fast Nine family um, because, you know, for me myself, like I said earlier, I just didn't want him to be stuck in and just to be part of the team and just to be there. You know, want, wanted him to have his own uh, unique, uh, you know, dynamic to be part of the family to bring something different to the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, than than just helping everybody else you know so yeah, yeah. sure sure how did uh, how did you do that too son because it's been it's been a little while since you're in the fast films how did you what uh, kind of um headspace did you come back with well because on is like Luke you said you know everyone's a little older and 
Mm. You know, it, it wasn't like playing, you know, really like young Han. There was like this older version of him and I got older, you know, and, you know, I think when you get older, you know, you're, let, you just let things be. And I was like, where do I connect with Han? Like, you know, he has different purpose. You know, he's not out there partying and drifting and doing all these things. He's, you know, he has a different reason why you know, he has to wake up in the morning, right? And it's because of, you know, things that life deal with, you know, that, 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 you know, that life presents you. And then, you know, I felt like, oh, it was a nice parallel and nice connect of where, you know, Han's headspace was or is in the film and where mm-hmm. I am at 49 years old, you know, and it was kind of cool to, also go well why do i want to be in this movie you know when you're younger your motivations are different it's like hey man i need a career i gotta make money i gotta do this i gotta do this and, you know and it's interesting you get older you go well my wife asked me it's like why do you want to be in the movie like i want to know right and so that's why i go see my friends it's like like i haven't seen them in like i think it was like eight years it was a long time i haven't seen lucas in over 15 years probably right so 15 14 yep. years and so that was it. And that was kind of interesting to be able to go with that headspace onto a set and then be able to put the shoes on of the whole character. And then the crew, you guys, you know, we for always forget to give the, the, the crew credit because a lot of them have been on this journey since Tokyo Drift with me and with Vin, they've been, you know, a lot of crew members were there since the first one, right? With him and Paul. And they help us get back into the shoes, if you will, of the character, you know, because we're able to talk it out. We're able to look at old clothes and look at references and, you know, the choice of how our hair looks, all of this. And, you know, when the, 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 the benefit aside from all the, like the perceived glamor of Hollywood on a big budget movie is that you get the luxury of hiring the best people to help you do your job the best you can, right? And um, and so because we were lucky that a lot of the you know, crew members and cast are back from you know all the other ones, it was easier for me. And you know I'm friends with Justin. I mean we kind of developed you know Han way back even before you know Tokyo Drift with Better Luck Tomorrow, right? So we we have this history and it's kind of cool to be able to create a you know, version of the character that mirrors what we're going through in our lives as men, you know, as fathers, as sons. And like, I wouldn't know how to, you know, understand or project how a character feels when someone passes away, you know, 15 years ago, because no one passed away. I was still young, everybody was alive. Now, loved ones have been, you know, they're, they're, they're at a bit in a better place. And, you know, it's, you can't act that, you know, you have to know what it feels like so it was cool it was cool in that sense right but uh you know there were some stunts that you know lucas is still in great shape you know i'm a little ahead of him in age but the stunts man you know dude i i can't i i don't i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to do the fight (laughs) anymore Oh, the yeah. back and like whoa yep. well i just i just want to emphasize you know something you said that really stuck out to me and i think is a good point you know your wife asked you why you wanted to be a part of this movie you know because you're in a position now where you don't 
you don't have to, right? And uh, and I think that's such a such a um, a good point of perspective that we we now that we're older we look at projects differently. You know, I feel like you and I both do. Yeah. And that's what when Fast Nine come to me, I had to ask myself, and I wanted to read the script. You know, and sometimes they're a little hesitant about giving out the scripts, but you know, I wanted to know the content, and I think you know, for me, song, you know, I always try to look at a project now and especially the content. How can I portray my character in a way that's going to inspire people, right? Or influence someone, you know, it, it encouraged me. Like when you told me that, that guys are, uh, are encouraged or inspired to be a drifter, you know, uh, I like those stories, right? Because at an early age, I didn't really think about that, right? Mm -hmm. I was more wrapped up in myself, uh, you know, just like, oh, it's cool to be a part of this project. It's cool to be getting paid to do this and making this kind of money. Um, but as you get older, you realize there's a lot more to it than that, right? It's a lot more to it than just uh, being in a movie, getting paid, and everybody's saying, oh, you're great. Uh, that stuff is fleeting, you know, it's, it's fun, but it doesn't last. And so, um, as you get older, you realize, um, when you look at a project, how is this going to impact not only my life, but other people's lives and hopefully for the better. And so, um, I love what you said, you know, and your wife asked you that my wife and I have that conversation, like, why do we want to do this? Why do we want to be a part of this project? Um, because um, because there's something bigger than ourselves out there that we have to we have to uh, really keep in our minds instead of uh, before where it was all about me, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, song. Yep. Yeah. Well said. You know, you you wanted to see your friends and. And we got to reunite, and that was that was special, man. I, I remember talking on the set and just going home. Oh, you know, I told Maggie, I was like, man, that was just awesome to be able to get back together, talk about our personal lives, see, see, you know, uh, where we are now and how much we've grown, and uh, you know how God has blessed us through through the past years, and 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 so that that was special to me, man. Yeah. Family's mutual, Lucas. I agree. Yep. Well said. Well said. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. I think that's a really nice, really nice note to to end on. Actually, I think um, I think now we should move to some questions from fans. Hopefully, if you're watching on Instagram right now, send in some questions and we can uh, try and keep up. I've been I've been trying to. Uh, you know, latch down onto some questions, but they've been coming too fast. So, um, no, I mean, that what you just said was beautiful. I think I, I agree entirely. It's uh, so much more than just, you know, it's, it's a fast family now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more than just a film and a paycheck. It's, I think, yeah. you know, like we've said, it's really affecting people's lives. And I think, yeah, I, I agree entirely. I think it's great. Yeah. yeah uh, sure right. Let's have one question. Look. Who won? Oh, come on, real questions. I know it's a dog. All right. All right. Uh, 
much getting a lot love of love, a lot, a lot of love, love. Mentia, much love from Meg Silva. Thank you, Meg. Always appreciate your love. Can we see a sequel to Tokyo Drift? I hope so. Anything you learn? Any? Oh yeah, here's a question. Anything new you learned during the COVID break, if you will, or during the COVID pandemic lockdown for you, Lucas? That's a good oh, question. Oh yeah, abs yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for me and my family, it was really a time that we got to evaluate ourselves and really, you know, pinpoint what's important and our values and what our character values and, and the values we want to live by. And, um, my wife and I had some of those conversations, you know, and it was, it was interesting because a lot of times in life, I feel like for me was going through the motions and yes, we made choice. I made choices because of, of what I believe and why, like we were talking about with the content and, and there might be good reasons, but when everything is good, or when there's not, you know, a pandemic going on, you just kind of get caught up in going through the motions. And so the reasons kind of got pushed to the side. Well, for us, it really brought back uh, the why behind what we do, you know. And we started talking about it more and wanted to articulate it to our children so that we could teach them like, hey, this is why we gather together as a family in the evening. This is why we pray. This is why we want to have a good community around us. This is why we go to church. This is why we believe what we believe. Uh, you know, so for me, that was just what I learned through 2020 was phenomenal. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about my wife and what's important to us. And so, you know, learning that really gets me excited about the future because I feel like we're going to make better decisions, you know, mm -hmm. but it also taught me mm -hmm. that, Hey, we got to be there for each other. It was such a great opportunity to serve people in your community, to be that light in the world, right? Uh, to be that salt and light and let your light shine and just help, you know, uh, any way possible, whether it be an encouraging word. You know, I think a lot of us with the mask, we weren't talking as much. So I made it to the point I'm like, hey, I'm going to talk. I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to try to live normal during this and just, and just be generous and courteous, still open doors for people, um, you know, and if somebody, my wife, you know, she has such a good heart, uh, you know, go to the grocery store, buy some groceries for elderly, set it on their doorstep. It was such a great opportunity for us to serve one another and just to love people out there that, that were hurting, going through a tough time because, uh, you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. This, this virus affected every single person. 
you know, uh, I don't care who you are. And that's like Maggie and I, we don't watch a lot of TV. We didn't watch news, uh, uh, watch the news, but we knew what was going on in 2020. All right. We knew um, it, it, you couldn't hide from it. You know, it, it affected every single one of us. And so that's some of the things that I, that I learned and, uh, and went through and, um, you know, I think it just really brought us back to our core core values and what's important to us. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, what a great perspective through this crisis to come out of it with that lesson and that conviction and, you know, and, and it sounds like you guys, you know, found that why, you know, and I think that's, you know, like I like to add is like, you know, this virus has affected everyone and, you know, it's interesting, this virus has also, I think for the first time in my life, like adult life at least, reminded me that life is short and you are, you can be alone very quickly, very, very quickly. And doesn't matter what you do, like a virus could take all your, just take everything away, you know, like to share with you guys, you know, my father-in-law passed away during the pandemic. And not through COVID, but he had multiple heart attacks. And he was 91, so he had a great life. And he was living with us. And, you know, he was taken away when we took him to the emergency room. And we couldn't see him. So he passed away alone in a room all by himself. And I sit there and I go, who would have guessed that that was going to be his last day, right? And... It, I came home and looking at my wife and I, and it reminded me, it was like a, a, a reboot in my head, like a computer going, what if that was you? What if this was our last day yesterday or this morning was the last time we saw him. And I have to live each day. Like this is our last day. And, and we have to contribute. It has to be smiles, man. Like I use the, you know, the, the metaphor, I, I, I mean, I use the, 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 the mantra, you know, eat ice cream every day, you know, like eat ice cream every day, find your ice cream and eat it every day, you know, because it might be the last. And that alone, prior to this COVID and this pandemic and the crisis and, and the, 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 the experience of losing a loved one and seeing a daughter lose her final parent, that stuff is so dark and tragic and painful, but coming out of it through the crisis like you, Lucas, it made me question, like, what is my why? Like, why am I here? Why am I an actor? Why am I a husband? What kind of husband am I? What kind of friend am I? What am I doing this podcast for? And because of these experiences, everything has a foundation of why. It's like, hey, man, I need everything I do that has a legacy that people can like, touch or hear from me has to be something positive, you know, from the crisis, from the negative. That is my purpose. The acting thing is just a bonus. It just gives us, just gives us, you know, more people that will listen to us, you know. Um, it's about it. It's a tool to, it's a bigger, you know, it's a bigger microphone. That's all it is, you know. So I'm with you. I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you're able to articulate that, you know, and beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, these questions like... are so deep. Some of them, they're so yeah, deep. I, I feel like... <laughs> We want to talk about cars. Should we go into philosophy so some deep. more? I like that. <laughs> Where is Brian T? Okay, let's let's get some questions. Let's get a high sign. One more question. All right. Yeah, one let's go. Question. Let's, let's go. Yeah. One more question. How did you guys oh, yeah, start Lucas. your career? Yeah, this is a great question for Lucas because Lucas has been acting since he was really young. How did you start your career, Lucas? Oh man. man. So I st I started when I was ten years old. And I didn't even know there was a, such a thing as acting, right? I was, I grew up in Alabama, rural Alabama, played outside all the time, uh, fishing, hunting, playing sports, baseball, basketball, football. And so um, my mom heard about an audition on the radio for this movie, The War. Kevin Costner was in it. And uh, it didn't even call for kids in my age group, but she thought, well, maybe Kevin Costner will be at the audition. So she takes me anyway. And um, it was about 5,000 kids at this, uh, at this civic center. And they had us come into a room. They picked out like 30 to 50 kids. And they asked us our name, where we lived, and, um, you know, our age. And so all these kids are kind of, you know, shy and quiet. And um, they're giving their address. And so they get to me and I grew up right in a small community where we have one of those um, service stations that has everything. It has hardware, it's got groceries, it's got VHS tapes, movies you can rent. I mean, it has, it has it all, right? And uh, the owner, his last name was Wiggins. So it was called Wiggins Grocery. Well, I lived about five, three or four houses down from Wiggins Grocery. And so um, it gets to me and they're like, okay, Luke, or okay, who are you? You know, tell us about yourself. I said, my name's Lucas. And I said, now you guys know where Mickey Wiggins' store is? You go down 157 and you turn left and I'm about three houses down, uh, you know, on the left, only paid drive. And they're like, we need you to read lines, kid. <laughs> and so... So uh, that's how I got to read lines and uh, got that part. And then I had another audition. And then this was, this was a funny one, too, for a, for a TV show called American Gothic, CBS did, in Wilmington, North Carolina. My mom drives me out there. We get into the office. All these kids are lined up in the hallway. And it was, like, real strange because they were sitting down, you know, like reading lines and I guess all the stage moms with them. And I'm like, what are, what are these kids doing? It's so quiet in here, you know? Why aren't they playing? I go in and meet the director. I talk to him. I don't even think I read lines. It was just like a meet. I go back outside, and they had these big, huge live oak trees. We didn't have them in North Alabama. They're, they're all along the coast. The Gulf and uh, starts in Texas and then goes through South Carolina and North Carolina. So I go outside, and I'm climbing on this live oak tree. Well, the director sees me through his window and he's like, who's that kid? That's who I want to, to audition in front of CBS. So they picked me because I was out there climbing a tree. And then uh, <laughs> after that, Sling Blade, Sling Blade was, was what kicked the career off. But I got Sling Blade. But that's how it all started for me. So I guess it was wow. just 
no fear man didn't care didn't know anything about acting was just being a normal southern boy from alabama and that got me uh that got me started yeah yeah sling blade is one of my favorite movies i I should see i don't i don't know if you saw that film alex but look this is so good i think so yeah billy bob thorin beautiful film yeah. Yeah. and war war is great too he's great in war as well so yeah appreciate it yeah that's awesome, awesome. yeah so so I mean, what a great lesson like you know you're just yourself being open there's like yeah. you know like I, I understand yeah. that room that audition room you go in and everyone's all serious it's like yeah. the temperature's all cold and no one says hi yeah. to each other it's like yeah, they it's want great. it so bad you know they want it so <laughs> yes. bad it's like life and death, right? I know. And the person is like, I don't even know what I'm here for. Like, where do you yeah. live? I don't know, but I live by Wiggins. You know Wiggins? That's it. That's him. <laughs> That's it. That's right. That's beautiful. That's right. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I was so blessed. I didn't have any fear of, like, the camera, any fear of man or fear of judgment, Right. I knew my parents loved me. I was raised in a great home, so I was blessed. But I was just being a normal kid with with uh, didn't didn't have a care in the world, and and um, you know, so they they latched onto it and hired me for a few jobs, and then um, I guess recognized I had a little bit of talent in there. So uh, that's what kicked the career off. Wow, wow. had a little talent, a lot. A lot of talent. Well, appreciate it, son. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So, cool. Well, thank you both for taking the time out to answer answer some questions. Um, you're both brilliant people. I appreciate you both. Um, and thank you, everyone, thank you. on Instagram for watching along. Make sure you, you, uh, you go follow Lucas. Make sure you go follow Lucas. And then after you've done that, go over to Sung's Garage and follow us too. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, thank you so much. It's been great. It's been a real pleasure meeting you and and hearing about you know your experiences and your past. It's been really good. Yeah, thank you, Alex. Appreciate y'all having me on. Appreciate it, Song. It's been awesome. We're seeing you on Zoom. Thank you, Lucas. Really proud of the man you've become. So thank Uh, you for sharing your words today. Thank you. Hey, thank you, brother.